Hello and welcome to Hotline Offline. I'm your host, Esther Choi. I'm a chef who's cooked in numerous kitchens and currently run several of my own. And throughout it all, I've gotten a lot of practice at problem solving in the kitchen and answering burning questions. There's something incredibly picturesque about walking through a farmer's market on a sunny day, grabbing a bag or two of fresh produce, and coming home to cook a meal with bounty straight from the farm. But we all know that's not possible for every meal, or even most of them. Whether you're busy with work, have a handful at home, or get stuck inside with a surprise snowstorm, it's important to know how to make do with what you got. And that's why I'm so thrilled to be joined today by Sarah Jample. Sarah is an incredible writer, editor, and recipe developer who's worked in a number of kitchens as well as media outlets. She's coming on the show today so we can talk all about foods that are easy to store at home and how to make the most out of them when it's time. So let's break out the can opener, hydrate some beans, and get into it with Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's so great to meet you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Today, we're talking all things pantry. And I feel like a great pantry can really make or break you, at least in the sense of making really good food. Totally. I obsess over my pantry. I moved about a year ago and probably spent a full two weeks like reorganizing my pantry and kind of unpacking the boxes and boxes of ingredients that I had like schlepped between (laughs) many, many locations to finally arrive at their final destination. I actually really love that because I'm like you when I move, my pantry items is like half of my moving boxes. Like, why are we like this? (laughs) Right. It feels... It feels so essential to the way I cook. And, you know, last year we went to a few Airbnbs. We left New York. We stayed in Airbnbs for a couple of months. And it was like half of the car was pantry ingredients to the point where my husband was like, do we need all of these different spices? Like, do we need every (laughs) single grain? Like, do we need millet and wheat berries? And it's like, well, you never know what's going to happen. (laughs) So in my mind, yes, we do need the millet and the wheat berries. Totally need it. I mean, it's for different purposes, right? Yes. I do feel that during the pandemic, people really started to pay attention to their pantry, which is great. I think as food people, we really love to like pick up pantry items and different things like sauces or oils or such when we're traveling, right? Mm -hmm. Salt is such a fun and like to me, um, (laughs) chef-y collection to have because I feel like a lot of home cooks are just like salt. It's all the same, but you know, as a chef, I'm sure you're like every salt tastes different. Like people have been making salt for such a long time. And, you know, it has a lot of nuance to it. I do want to talk about a typical pantry for someone. I know we kind of touched upon this before, but obviously everyone's pantry, typical pantry items are going to be a little bit different depending on what you like to cook and what cultural background you're from. Uh, But I feel like when I say typical pantry items, you know, I'm talking about like oils, spices, salts, canned items, or flowers. What are some items that may not be stocked in a typical pantry that should be? Um, When I think about my pantry and like what feels like it needs to be there for it to be complete, I often think about like the time it's going to take me to turn those pantry ingredients into a meal because I think that that is that is when I'm looking at my pantry and I'm like there are tons of ingredients in here and I don't want to make any of them. I want to eat pizza instead. It's because like every grain and bean in the pantry is going to take like a super long time to cook. 
when I'm thinking about like what a typical pantry should include, what I'm thinking about is like, what are the things that are actually really fast? Like if you're hungry and it's 7.30 p.m., I'm not making beans. I'm not making um, dried beans. Like I'm simply not doing it. And I'm also probably not going to wait an hour for like a whole grain to cook. So I've been really into bulgur because bulgur cooks in like 10 minutes and you don't even really have to bring water to a boil. You can just like pour water from the kettle over it and let it just rehydrate that way. So it's like the fastest whole grain that I can eat. Um, And similarly, I love dried beans. I am a proud member of the Rancho Gordo Bean Club, and I have like a huge collection of beautiful dried beans. But every time I'm at the grocery store, I get a can of chickpeas. It's like the same way every time I'm at the grocery store, I get like a lemon and a lime. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to use a can of chickpeas. And I think it's like there are tons of other canned beans. I'm not like I'm a big fan of beans that are already like flavored and marinated. So like a dozen cousins is this awesome brand that makes really nice bagged beans. And they're like not made with any funny ingredients. They come flavored with like alliums and oil and spices and you just have to heat them up. And it's like, yes, I love to cook, but sometimes I would rather just open a bag of beans and heat them on my stove and like mix them with some bulgur. (laughs) Wait, I'm so it's a bag of beans, but it's already cooked and flavored. Yeah. I never heard of this. It's really good. They're really I, tasty. Yeah, I need to check that out. So it's not canned and it's not dried beans, obviously, because it's like already cooked, but it's in a bag. Yes. And I think like there are tons of, maybe not tons, but I think like bagged beans and like beans that are in jars um, mm-hmm. and not like your normal like Goya beans, um, but like beans that are a little bit prepared, like with a little bit more care and you can do even less with them to make them deli- Like You don't have to do as much with right. them. Those are really good. Like I have a lot of seaweed in my pantry. Um, That's kind of like something that I've been collecting. It doesn't really, it doesn't go bad very quickly. Like it does stale a little bit, but I always have um, like toasted nori and hajiki and like things I can rehydrate. I'm super into rehydrating things rather than cooking them. Same. It's the best. (laughs) It's the best. And it's like kind of having a, almost like a fresh vegetable, but it's like not a fresh, right? Right. It's like when all I have is like short grain rice and a can of fish but I have seaweed, I'm like, okay, I can like make quick hand rolls and it will like feel super delicious and special. And like, I can drizzle it with sesame oil and soy sauce and like scallions and it's a delicious meal. I should also call out fish wife, which makes the, I think like the most delicious canned fish. Um, Their smoked salmon is amazing. I want to eat it for every single meal. And I am like, was a vegetarian for, I don't know, 25 years, like very late to the fish game. Um, So when when I can get excited about like canned fish or like tinned fish, I guess is a you know more delicious way to put it. I think like anyone can get excited about tinned fish um, because it is so delicious. I love how your uh, pantry items that you talk about are uh, specific to uh, the quality and the brands that you're that you use, which I think that often people don't really think about, right? Because the quality of your pantry item will really break or make your meal. I totally agree. Yeah, one way I like to think about it is. When I'm at the grocery store and I'm like surprised by how much a tin of fish costs, I'm like, you know, I just do do the same sort of calculation that I do like when I'm buying anything at the grocery store, which is like, this is actually going to feed like four people. So if you divide it by four, it's not that much. It's so much less than ordering in. And like, this is a great product that was like sourced, you know, ethically and was made with care. 
And and also, I I do want to touch on the point when you mentioned that timing is important when you think about pantry items, like when you're going to eat it, when are you going to cook it, right? Because I feel like freshness in your pantry is something that people often kind of um, overlook. Or And I guess that's one of the questions that I have for you is, how do you even know when something is still fresh? Like my dry beans, I think, has been sitting in my pantry. I'm not going to lie, for like two years. I think before the pandemic, I had them. And I still have them. But it's like, how do you gauge when you should throw something out? That's a great question. I think in an ideal world, I do not do this. What I would recommend to people is that like when you put something in your pantry, you label it with the date you bought it. So smart. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was. I wish I had my life together to do that. Um, I do try to like do you know the restaurant first in first out sort of situation where my older stuff migrates to the front of the pantry so that I'm reaching for it first. I, like just so that if you have three cans of tomatoes or something, not that those are really going to go bad, but it just feels nice to be like taking the older stuff and using it before you before you get to the newer stuff. I have a pretty high tolerance for. I'm not someone who's like squeamish about food going bad. Mm-hmm. Like you'll taste it. You'll taste yeah, it. Yeah, I taste yeah. it. I smell it. I'm like not weirded out by something that's been in the fridge for a couple of weeks because I feel like I have, I feel like people in general have um, the senses they need to like understand if it's bad or not. It also could be part of the fact that I'm like not really cooking meat ever. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not that scared of anything happening. But yeah, I just kind of like use my senses. So for beans, soak my beans. I know not everyone soaks their beans, but I do think like in the soaking process, you can kind of see how old your beans are. Like, you know, weird bad beans are going to float to the top. They're not ever going to like really rehydrate. They're going to stay wrinkly. And then, you know, like typical bag of dried beans at the grocery store, they're coming from like all different harvests. So they're not all the same age to begin with. And then they're five years old. So it's like you're buying beans that are already like, you know, they're like children wow. they're not babies right They've, like lived a life so then yeah like obviously they're gonna cook at different rates so I actually bought these like beautiful I think they were lima beans and when I soaked them like the whole kind of like skin part like wrinkled away from the inside I don't know if you've ever see- seen that and I was like I'm gonna cook these anyway so I cooked <laughs> them it took such a long time because like the older your beans are the longer they're going to take to cook and they're never gonna fully rehydrate so then they were like kind of hard and I think I decided to like make them into a bean dip, which then I think I transferred to the freezer and then it like died. It's, you know, <laughs> it like died there, um, which was an example of like pantry gone wrong, like took a ton of work, made something, didn't really eat it. Yeah. I mean, that I feel like that happens. And I, I do think as like cooks uh, or someone who like cooks on a daily basis and cooks a lot and, you know, we're food people, we know when like something went bad, like we, like our nose knows, your senses, we know. But I feel that home cooks, and I, I, I do get this question a lot, freshness is a big issue for people. People just don't know if it's fresh or not. So I feel that labeling is really, I, I think that's a big one. Yes, label, like write the date in. It doesn't matter what the expiration date says on the item. Buying it and like writing when you bought it, I think is a very, very good tip and a good point. Do you organize your pantry like quite often then? Yes, constantly. And I also have like an inventory list of my pantry oh so my I don't gosh. forget that things are in there because I will I like love buy, <laughs> I'll like buy a really special type of sugar. Like right now I have some Okinawan brown sugar that I like ordered special online. 
and then I'll forget it. Like, I won't use it because it's so precious to me. And then, like, a year later, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, this sugar has, like, totally dehydrated. Um, What do I do with it? So now for my freezer and my pantry, I have, like, an inventory list. Um, And it also helps to know, like, if I need to restock on something. That's amazing. And I want to be you. (laughs) So, like, you have a separate inventory list, like, on your computer or, like, written? I used to have it as a post-it note. So, like, you'd open the cabinet and be like, okay, in this cabinet, here's what's in here. Um, That's amazing. And the freezer list, obviously, there's no good place to put that, so it's online. I freaking love it. I need I need to do that. What are some other make-ahead snacks that I can keep in my pantry for later use? I think all my friends joke that I, like, spend more time making, like, condiments and snacks <laughs> than, like, meals. And I always have, like, random sauces, but never, like, anything to eat for dinner. Are you, like, a big snacker? Is that why? I am a big snacker, but it's also like, I love a project. My pantry isn't complete without granola. Like I always make granola. I just think it's like the best anytime snack and it feels kind of wholesome, but also it's kind of just like a cookie broken up into pieces, which is like exactly the kind of snack I want. I right now I have like a weird dietary restriction thing where I can't eat dairy, soy, or eggs. So I'm eating a ton of nuts. <laughs> Right. Nuts is like my whole protein source. Um, so I'm making a lot of nut butter, which I keep in the fridge. You could keep it in the pantry because it, it would it would just probably wouldn't last as long just because this oils from the nuts would go rancid. But um, it would keep a while in your pantry. But the fridge is kind of where it will it will live a happier and longer life. But to do that, I just like toast whatever assortment of nuts I have. I roast them until they're like crisp and brown all the way through. And then I just grind them up in the food processor. Um, And I think it's a good place to like add whatever sorts. It's good to keep it neutral because if it's not sweet or it's not savory or spicy, then you can like use it as a base for a nut butter sauce for noodles, or you can use it on a sandwich, or you can mix it right into your granola and bake it. So you like, you could do whatever you want, but you know, when it's in the food processor, you could add chili powder, you could add cinnamon, you could add maple syrup. Like to me, it is a very blank and nutritious canvas. I love that idea so much. I don't think that people typically make a lot of nut butter. Like that's not a thing that people do because they're like, oh, we'll just buy it. But you could just easily make it. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where like it is super easy to buy, but I do think it tastes a lot more special when you make it. And also it's like if nuts are already a thing that you have for baking or like adding to salads or whatever, then it's easy enough to make nut butter too. And I I love that you can kind of keep it in your pantry for, you know, however long that you need and use it in so many different ways. So much like spice blends or even like dressings or sauces, like those are some typical items that you can kind of make in bulk and like use it throughout like different, different dishes, right? I think those things are often in my fridge. I don't know if fridge counts as like pantry. I think so. Why, Why wouldn't it, right? Like pantry doesn't necessarily have to mean just dry things that are room temperature. Yeah. Like condiments as pantry items, right? And that goes in your fridge, right? Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I feel like I have like a whole section of my fridge that is like, right. Pantry pantry section. Like what are some things that are in your fridge that are? Yeah, I make a lot of like, well, when when I was eating cheese, which I will return to very soon, like a lot of marinated feta. So kind of just like bloom whatever aromatics I have on hand. In oil, so I usually like, I like like roughly crushed coriander 
I have curry leaves in my um, freezer that a friend gave to me. So I love curry leaves um, and I love mustard seeds. That's just like a random example, but you could do like dried chili and rosemary, like any kind of like delicious things from your actual pantry, like just heat them in whatever fat, just so that all of their essential oils can kind of infuse the fat and then pour it over feta and then stick that in your fridge to kind of marinate and then use that everywhere. Like put it on a sandwich, crumble it into a salad, like mix it into lentils. It's delicious. I love olives. So I'll do like that same treatment with olives too. And you can like have them as a snack or you can, you know, crush them up. You can use the oil that they've been marinating in as a base for a dressing. Um, You could like spoon it over fish that you've roasted. Like it just kind of, I like the things that I can use in a million ways. I recently um, made a really quick coconut peanut chili crisp thing um, where I just heated like big coconut flakes, which is also something I always have in my pantry with roasted peanuts, a sliced chili. In the recipe, it gets kind of spooned over salmon, but I used that oil um, as the base for a dressing. So I mixed in some rice vinegar, and then I tossed that with shredded cabbage. And I usually, like, mix grains when I'm cooking them Mm -hmm. because I always have, like, random amounts of grains. So it's not unusual for me to be like, I'm going to make quinoa and this other grain together. Or I guess quinoa is a seed, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so this, like, yummy coconut peanut dressing added crunch and flavor to to the whole salad and it was just like oh it, it, if I made like a cup of this every week I would find a million ways to use it and you said that you uh toast a coconut like shredded coconut instead of using coconut oil yeah it's coconut flakes so like those big pieces yeah you just bring all of it up together in cold oil so that it you know toast oh like fries pretty evenly um and the coconut gets super brown the starting with salted nuts is also kind of fun because it's like you get a flavor from salted nuts that you're not going to get. Salted peanuts is like those are a yummy snack, but also they bring flavor and like a very to the core seasoning that you can't get with just like raw peanuts. Right. I love this idea of making this kind of multi-use like sauce almost like it's an it's an oil. It's a sauce. It's something that you can use in like various different dishes. I, I, I always feel like making something like that in bulk and then like leaving it in your fridge cuts your time in half with anything that you're making like dinner or even like breakfast or lunch. hundred percent. I think if I could like get it together every Sunday to make like two sauces of different natures, like that would be amazing. Like if you could make one green sauce with like whatever herbs you have lying around and then one like tahini based sauce or a yogurt based sauce, or I recently made tum, which is a Lebanese sauce, like a super garlicky Lebanese Is that gar- sauce. Yeah, the garlic, whipped garlic, right? Yes. Yeah, it's just garlic and oil, essentially. Mine had egg whites in it that I needed to help it emulsify after I broke it. Um, but that was like delicious on everything. And yes, it made everything taste very garlicky for a whole week, but I Nothing like, wrong no with regrets. that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I do feel like there's like a big convenience and also like money-saving sort of philosophy behind that because, you know, you, you mentioned like every Sunday, if you could commit to making like two sauces, it's you're utilizing kind of like whatever leftover you have that might go bad, like herbs, for example, and then you're making it, repurposing it into making it a pantry item that is like so super smart to do. Yeah. It's nice to like, at the same time that you take inventory of inventory of your pantry to also like do the same thing with your fruit, like the perishable ingredients at the end of the week and be like, okay, it's Friday. Like here are the things that need to go. 
I like to do that with uh, leftover like veggies. I pickle them because then it just like lasts forever in your fridge. Mm. And I, I'm obsessed with anything fermented or pickles. So I feel like that it's like a great way to kind of create a pantry item from your things. Yeah. I went through a big pickled beet phase a Ooh, couple years ago. Beets. They're yes. so good. And they're like, I feel like they're good on anything. <laughs> we'll be right back with Sarah right after this. And we're back. So I know that you are a big baker. You're very into baking. Um, I stalked you for a while and you baked in a lot of kitchens all around New York. What are some pantry staples if I want to try to bake more this year? For me, like chocolate is a huge inspiration. (laughs) Chocolate, Um, of course. So I try to have like chocolate bars and chocolate chips on hand in like different percentages. I feel like if I have chocolate, I I know I will bake something. And if I don't have chocolate, I'm sort of like, I don't know what the point of this banana bread is. (laughs) I like to have different types of flours. And I keep my flour in the freezer for the most part. I have like one big bin of all-purpose flour, one big bin of bread flour. Those stay at room temperature because I go through them really fast. But Mm -hmm. then anything that's like more volatile, like I have a thing of pistachio flour. I have almond flour. Um, whole rye flour, um, graham flour, soybean flour, like Mm -hmm. all the flours live in a special part of my (laughs) freezer because they stay good longer there where like all the essential oils won't go rancid. How do you know if a flour went bad? That's like a very confusing one, even as a chef. Yeah, I think the smell. Really? Um, It is hard when it's, it's hard when it is cold. That's like the tricky thing Uh about keeping it in your freezer. Does it smell weird if it's bad? I think at room temperature, yeah, it will start to smell a little like funky and off. I go through my like regular flowers so fast that I've never thought that they were bad. I feel like that's one of the things where I'm like, I don't know if people's flowers are going bad. But I do think if you get like a box of self-rising flour or a box of cake flour, the kind of thing that you only use like once every 10 years, I would probably suggest replacing it if you don't remember when you got it. I have made some like off tasting things. <laughs> and it was probably because of the flour that's been sitting in the back of your cabinet. Yeah. I mean, it's like you work on a project and you buy this like random flour and you're never going to use it again. Probably should throw it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I like to just find things that are like really going to inspire me to mm-hmm. bake. Like I was gifted from a friend in California, Diane Yen. She gave me a jar of pistachio paste, which is like, I would never buy that for myself because it's so luxurious and amazing. Like to me, that is the basis of inspiration for tons of different desserts. Um, Like if I wanted to make something with pistachio frangipan, or if I wanted to make a layer, like an olive oil layer cake with a layer of pistachio paste in the middle of it. Like that sounds amazing. I think treat yourself if you love to bake. I have a jar of black sesame paste, which is probably my favorite flavor ever. I have like hojicha powder, also a favorite flavor, Thai tea, which I love to bake with. So I think I just experiment a lot. Um, so it's like, I like kind of the the fun things that are outside of just like flour, butter, and sugar. And you let that ingredient inspire you to make whatever yeah. item. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think that pantry is something that people definitely should explore. You know, go to the aisle that you would never typically go to and like find something that you're like, oh my gosh, what is this thing? 
Let's yeah. try it, right? Yeah, for sure. Like we live in a day and age where it's so easy to be like Google something and be like, how do I use this? And you'll find a million ideas for how to do it. I'm really into guava. Pa- I'm really into guava in general. And I'm really into guava paste, which I like cook down and use. When you cook it down, it it loosens up into something that's like more drizzle, soft and drizzleable. And I'll use that like to top a cheesecake or, you know, mix it into butter and have guava butter. It's just like a delicious ingredient that I find very inspiring with baking. And I know that you mentioned your different types of flours uh, and you store it in your freezer. Do you have a tip on how to store it? Like, do you do it in bags or like Ziplocs? I have like grouped them. Um, they're kind of small bags. I feel like these, it's like the more special your flour, the smaller the quantity you're going to get it in, which makes sense. I can't really go through it. So I just have like, I make sure that each individual bag is really well sealed, usually mm-hmm. with rubber bands. And then those all go together in like a bigger zip top bag. I'm super into reusing my plastic bags. I do too. I don't feel like it's that wasteful because when I'm finished with a flower, I'll just like rinse the bag out and use it for the other hundred things that the bag will be destined for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining that your pantry is so organized. I guess it's hard to organize if you have a million things, especially yeah. if you have, you're keeping like inventory of things, meaning that uh, you just have so much stuff and you have to somehow fit it in all of your cabinets. Like I have half a box of pasta, like all like shoved up in like my one cabinet. Yeah. And I, like it's a nightmare to look at. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do right now. I think one big decision you have to make is like to decant or not to decant, <laughs> which I haven't actually made that decision yet. So if, <laughs> if anyone can help me, that'd be great. But I did kind of start decanting. And I do think decanting. So what I'm saying is just like you take your bag, you pour it into a jar. It does help to know what you have because it's like, I always want to make sure I have, I like to be sure I have like three to four cups of basmati rice, three to four cups of jasmine rice, and three to four cups of a short grain white rice all the time Mm -hmm. because I eat rice every other day. So it's nice to have those things. And when you decant your bags into jars, it's easy to like scan your pantry and be like, oh, I don't have that. I need to buy it. If you kind of pick a standard size jar that you want to use, so like I use the quart mason jars, then Mm -hmm. you can know like, okay, these all fit in this section of my pantry. And I can like, if you have like adjustable shelves or something, which I do, you can like adjust your shelves so like it fits perfectly with your your jar. So it's a nice way to save space. Another thing I actually, I know I just talked about these jars, but I actually like square containers a lot better. And I have these like plastic ones that... I think I first saw in restaurants, but they're like small and they're square and they're really lightweight and they seal well. And it's just like those actually are more space efficient than jars because there's like less room between each one. Mm -hmm. So you can just like have a million different things and they fit together like a beautiful puzzle, um, which is really nice. (laughs) It's nice to look at too, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I organize my pantry by like legumes and pulses. So like that's where all my lentils are. And then grains where like I have rice and whole grains um, and then pasta in one area, beans in one area, canned tomato products in one area, fish things in an area. And then I'll have like vinegars and oils. And then I have a whole shelf that's just baking and there I'll have like sugars in one place, leaveners in one place, fats in one place. So like coconut oil, vegetable oil. Um, And then the spices is like a whole other scary right. area. 
<laughs> spices is always scary because it's, I mean, keeping inventory, I think, is like really smart. So at least you kind of know. Then you don't have to be like, do I have this thing? Because I think when you don't know if you have it, then you end up with like four containers of ground cumin. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of spices here. And my husband has suggested that we post a sign in our apartment building being like, do you need a spice? Like, <laughs> call us. Because I, mean, I think it. it's a great idea, but he's like, no one's going to do this. I mean, he suggested it jokingly and then was like, no one will actually call us and take us up on this offer. And I was kind of like, oh, it sounds like a really nice way to meet people. Yeah. And also, like, if your recipe calls for a teaspoon of cumin, it's nice to just be able to, like, call Sarah and be like, do you have this spice? Yeah. My parents recently bought, like, a whole jar of five spice for a recipe. They're very much, like, follow the recipe sorts uh-huh. of people. Yeah. Um, and five spice is not something that I think they'll ever just like use to add flavor. <laughs> so they bought a whole jar of five spice. And I was like, oh, I wish you had told me like I have a jar of five spice. I would have been happy to give you like two teaspoons yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because they're probably not going to use that like Never. for a very long time. <laughs> Never. Do you have a collection of uh, type of pantry item? I know you mentioned your f- flower collection and obviously you're a baker. So definitely you have that. But it, are, is there anything in your pantry that you like collect? Like, I guess for me, it would be, like, my different salts, right? Yeah. Like, I have a salt from, like, Ireland. I've never opened that box. (laughs) (laughs) I will, though. I just haven't yet. But, you know, I I just, like, like the idea of, like, having all these, like, different salts for some reason. I really like having a lot of different types of sugar on hand. Um, Like, I love pearl sugar, which is, like, huge lumps of sugar. And I think, like, once I found that, I bought a huge box of it so that I could always have it. And then... I have light light brown sugar and dark brown sugar. I have turbinado sugar. I have muscovado sugar. I have white sugar. Yeah, like I have organic cane sugar, powdered sugar, obviously, and then like some specialty sugars. Um, you I, you'd mentioned one before that was like that you bought Yeah, online. I have Okinawan, my Okinawan brown sugar. Yeah. Um, and there's like still more sugars I would like to have. So I think that's fun. I also have a lot of extracts and I could do a better job of using them, but like you know, I have orange blossom, I have rose water, I have almond, I have uh, lemon extract. It's like they're hard to use sometimes because they're so specific. So I guess that was going to be my next question. Like, how do you utilize like your collection in your like everyday cooking? How do you like use it more? For spices, I try to like go into dinner with the intention of using some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I try to like take a cue from cultures where spice is such an essential vital part of their cooking and to like keep the spices in a place that I'm going to use them. So like, you know, I think a lot of Indian cooks like have spices that are right next to their stove, which I think is super smart. It's like we use these spices so much. Why would we like put them away? So I like bring my spices out before I start cooking Mm -hmm. um, so that I don't get so lazy that I'm like, oh, I don't want to walk over there and like get the get the ground coriander or like I don't want to do that. I'll just like have it there. So I have to use it. Right. Yeah. Um, And then I think similarly with baking, I will just like set the intention of like, oh, I really want to use these like dried Mm -hmm. rose petals that are in my pantry. (laughs) Since I'm someone who like can be overwhelmed by too many possibilities where I'm like, oh, I'm paralyzed. Like I could bake any, like I have a few hours. I could bake whatever I want. Like, and I can't decide what to do. It's easier to be like, okay, I'm going to start with this jar of tahini and let it take me where I want to go. And I think that can be like a fun approach for dinner too. Like just think of one ingredient in your pantry you want to use and go from there so that, you know, you can just like 
scour the Food 52 website for a recipe that uses canned chickpeas instead of being like, oh my God, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. It's it's a bit about being very intentional about the certain pantry item that you want to use. I think that's a good way to start like getting through your pantry just mm-hmm. to be like, okay, every night I'm going to use one pantry item and see how it goes. <laughs> that's amazing. I should do that. Me too. I mean, I should take my own advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for this amazing, insightful conversation. I had so much fun talking to you. If our listeners want to find you, where can they do that? I am on Instagram with the rest of the world at Sarah Jampel. I think that's kind of it. I'm sometimes on Twitter, but it's not that fun or funny. And your recipes are everywhere. Yeah, my recipes are mostly on Bon Appetit these days. Got it. Bon Appetit, Sarah Jampel. Thank you so much you. for joining me. This is a great, I, I got so many good tips on like what to do with my pantry. And now I'm probably going to try to go organize my yeah no I'm also like feeling inspired I'm like oh god I gotta go look at go go to go look over there what's going on I mean it's easy to neglect your pantry sometimes like it's so easy yeah but I think that maybe having a rule like okay once a month let's go through our pantry and reorganize Thanks so much to Sarah for joining us on this episode and thank you to our listeners for all of their wonderful questions I'm going to go reorganize my pantry, but in the meantime, everyone should follow Sarah on Instagram, which is linked in the show description. If you have any more questions that you're dying to know the answer to, remember to leave me a message at 518-291-9877. Hotline Offline is a Food 52 podcast and is produced by Coral Lee and Harry Sultan. Remember to follow so no questions go unanswered and no answer goes unheard. Bye. Bye. 